Good morning. Good morning. It's really a joy um, to be here uh, with you. I'm so um, let's say I'm so moved by by the opportunity to be. Um, thank you. Uh, back at my root temple. Um, my, my home temple. It's been many years since I uh, lived in Texas. Um, uh, I think I moved away in 2006. Um, and, and I keep coming back. I keep coming back uh, one or two or three times a year to see my teacher. Um, and I keep coming back because of you, because of the, the, the power um, and devotion of your, of your practice and the warmth and strength of this sangha. And uh, um, the opportunity to keep circling back and practicing together is um, one of the great gifts of my life. Um, really, really happy uh, to be here. Um, today, I want to talk about an old story. Um, and part of what happens when we start to relate to maybe to any tradition, but when we start to relate to the Buddha Dharma, is that we come into relationship with um, a set of stories, a, a body of, of stories. Um, we come into relationship with a lot of other things too, of course, there's doctrines and practices and ceremonies and images and ways of doing things together. And all of those are, um, incredibly valuable and precious, but in a really basic way, we come into relationship with um, stories. When we take up a tradition, what we take up are the stories of that tradition. And so to take care of it, to, to keep it alive from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, we need to take care of all of it. Of course, the, the ceremonies and the practices and the ways of being together and the doctrines. Um, but we also just take care of the stories. And we do that in a um, pretty ordinary way. We just, we just tell them. We, we talk about them and we think about them together. Um, so that's what I'll do today is um, I'll talk about one old story. It's um, an ancient story. Sorry, I just wanted to see what time it is. It's a story from China from many centuries ago. And uh, it begins like this. One day, a monk asked Sagan Gyoshi, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? Um, so this question is an ancient and, and really thick question. There's a lot of um, associations and meanings and references in that question. Uh, the way a lot of these stories are, are dense in this way, um, they're really um, they're really nutritious. You know, they, they have a lot in them. Um, so Bodhidharma, right there behind Matthew, there's a, a Bodhidharma figure. Is is legendary being monk person Bodhisattva, who, as the story goes brings the Buddha Dharma from India, which is 
where Shakyamuni Buddha was, was born and left the castle and meditated under the Bodhi tree and woke up and spread his teachings then for, for many years. And then the, the tradition sort of spreads throughout India and then out into the world. And Bodhidharma in the story is the person that brings um, the teachings of our school from, from India to China. Um, and he's sort of a fierce figure. He, um, he has a big beard. It's often described as a red beard. He has these bulging eyes. He's um, uh, ferocious, you know. He's, um, there's a wildness uh, to Bodhidharma. He's often described as a, as a barbarian, you know. He's, he's not Chinese. He's a foreigner, right? So he's, um, he's different, and he's, is he? he's intense. <laughs> um, uncompromising uncompromising is the word I want there's an uncompromising devotion to the truth and to practice and to waking up um, first thing well he does a couple of really important things when he gets to, to China just to kind of set the tone you know has some conversations with people and he goes into a cave and he meditates for nine years <laughs> you know that's who we're dealing with that's who, um, so devoted, so energetic, um, big red beard, big eyes. So that question then over, over centuries in China um, becomes an increasingly powerful question. Like why did Bodhidharma come from the West? Um, what did he bring us? What did he want us to understand? Uh, or to know, or, or to do. Um, in a way, it's asking, what is the Dharma? It might even be asking, what, what's most important in our lives? It's most important in our lives. What did he have that he wanted to share? It might even be something like, what should I do with my life? What has meaning? A lot in there it could even be something like, what are we doing? Like, what, what, why are we doing this? What is this that we're doing, right? Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? So, um, yeah, over the years, the question gets sort of denser and denser with these associations and um, meanings. And I think, I think it's a question that can be asked in different modes sort of different feeling tones on, on the question. Um, there's, a, there's a version of this that can be sort of playful because it's, especially over time, it's a question that's asked a lot in these old stories. So any, any koan collection you opened up would have somebody saying, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? There's a lot of versions of this. So it, sometimes people ask it kind of knowing it's a classic. Right, it's um, you're asking it to kind of test somebody. Well, what do you say? Here's this old question that we've we've had in our tradition for centuries and centuries and centuries. What do you have to say? You know, it's um, there's a a testing quality, but a playful quality um, to it, and that's that's one mode. That's one way of understanding the feeling of the question. Um, it's a kind of joking around way to do it that you sometimes hear 
Um, but I think it can also be asked <clears throat> with full, full sincerity, you know. I think it can be asked from the depths of suffering. Uh, I think it can be asked from experiences um, of war and violence and injustice and, and death. Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? What is the, the medicine for our anguish? Whether that's the heartbreaks of our, of our personal lives or our, our collective life. Um, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? I remember when I first started um, practicing hearing. Um, so in service, we recite sutras, we chant important texts, and then there's a dedication of merit. There's an echo that takes the benefit of that sutra and, and sends it out into the universe in a particular way. I remember very, very early in my practice, um, I don't know what the service would have been. I, I later learned it's a memorial service echo, so I don't know whose memorial service it would have been, but I, I was at a memorial service early on. Um, Early on, I often didn't know what was happening, you know. We were just, <laughs> I guess it's a memorial service. Um, but there's an echo, there's a dedication of merit that the Kokyo, the Kokyo said. Um, I still, it's um, You bow when the bell rings, that's, that's the, yeah. Um, but the dedication of merit, uh, you, you, many of you have, have heard this, I'm sure. The sweet sound of Dharma soothes every troubled spirit like a draft of cooling water. The sweet sound of Dharma soothes every troubled spirit like a draft of cooling water. And that really meant a lot to me. I, I had a profoundly troubled spirit and I wanted this to be true. I wanted the Dharma to soothe my spirit uh, like a draft of cooling water. And I had some intuitive feeling that it might, that it could. And so um, why did Bodhidharma come from the West can come from that troubled spirit, can be asking for a genuine help in the face of this world, genuine help, genuine guidance about how to live together. Um, I want to notice something else about, about this story or about this question, because even within the sort of legendary accounts, Bodhidharma is supposed to come around the fifth century um, of the common era to, to China. You know, my understanding historically is that aspects of the Buddha Dharma start arriving, you know, a couple centuries before that. And, and in some cases, even some little traces, even four or 500 years before that, things start to come, you know, people move back and forth. Um, things move around. You know, things move around. So even within the understanding of the story, it's not exactly like the tradition is unknown and this person brings it. Um, the question, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? It, it's, not, it's not an abstract question. It's not a general question. So um, the monk asking this is asking Sagan Yoshi who is a student of the sixth ancestor, Wenang, student of Daikan Wenang. And so the question is more personal. It's more intimate. The monks ask Sagan Yoshi, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? The question is, 
it's not exactly what is the meaning of the Buddha Dharma. Because, you know, texts are coming. If you want to read a book, you could probably read a book. Stuff's getting translated. Six ancestors. So the question is, why did your teachers, 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 teacher come from the West? So Bodhidharma is the teacher of 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 the person being asked the question. Can you hear the, the difference? Right? It's a... It's asking for the understanding that comes out of, out of relationship, out of actual being together with each other, right? It's not a general abstract question about like the tradition, although those are interesting. It's a question about like, what do you know <laughs> that someone helped you see, who was helped to see it, who was helped to see it, who was helped to see it by that ferocious person who came and sat in a cave for nine years? Uh, to try to help us. It's a, it's a family question, <laughs> in a way. It's a family question. And, it, and it's, in, it's, in, it's in the lineage of, 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 of this temple. So one of Seigen Gyoshi's students is Sekito Kisen. And this morning we chanted the Harmony of Difference and Equality to text he wrote. Uh, feels really important to me to see this, uh, the way that this question comes out of a real context of living together and practicing together and trying to wake up together in the face of, of what our lives are like. Um, and so in that spirit, I think we can ask it of other ancestors. Why did Dogen travel from Japan to China? Uh, Eihei Dogen, Dogen Zenji, the, the great founder of, of Soto Zen in Japan, traveled from Japan to China to, to ask a personal question. <laughs> there's plenty of texts. There's lots of stuff you can learn. This is about something that comes out of relationships, out of being together and turning this question of what we do in the face of suffering together. What's the purpose? What's the meaning? What's the heart? What's the value of what we're doing in this practice? Why did Suzuki Roshi come from Japan? So in 1959, Shogaku Shunryu comes from Japan. Um, what did he bring? Uh, what does he offer? In this temple, we could ask each other. I suggest we start asking each other, why did Kanjin Roshi come from California? It's a personal question. It's about our teacher and our teacher's teacher and our teacher's teacher and our teacher's teacher. It's in the context of the big ocean of the Buddha Dharma. But it's about, it's about people we really know and the people who really knew them and the people who really knew them. Um, there's a particular understanding or a particular way that, that's born out of genuine human relationship. And that's what the question is in the face of real suffering, real, real suffering. So I do realize that um, I've spent a lot of time talking about the question. <laughs> There's an answer coming. <laughs> um, one day a monk asked Sagan Yoshi, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? The master said he just acted as he was. He just acted as he was. 
Why did Suzuki Roshi come from Japan? Did Kanjin Roshi come from California? They just acted as they are, just acted as they are. What should I do? How should I practice in the face of this overwhelming world? We just act as we are. It's actually an astonishing answer. It's, um, I think it takes a minute to let it register, actually. But I do think that it's important to hear this, that we act as we are, that we act as what we really are, which is maybe different than what we think we are. I think it's possible to have very limited understanding of what we are. And I think the story is, is pointing, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? He just acted as he was, as he truly was. Um, and so it's not always so easy to put into words what we truly are. Um, but I want to offer, I think there's, there's some pointers, there's some glimmers, there's some ways to start. This is another old story. This is from the ninth century in China. Once a monk on pilgrimage met an old woman living alone in a hut. The monk asked, do you have any relatives? Maybe worried that she's there alone, right? She said, yes. The monk asked, where are they? She answered, the mountains, rivers, and the whole earth, the plants and trees are all my relatives. I think that starts to show us part of what we are is we're in this deep relationship with, with everything. We're, we're held in the web, the unfolding web of, of life together with the mountains and trees and plants and rivers and each other. We really are um, in it together. That story starts to point to that. Tell another story about, again, who we really are. Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? He just acted as he was. Yeah, so I'm just going to act as I am. But to act as I am, I have to think a little bit about who I am, right? Like who I really am. And so this is much later now, in the 1700s, in a different country now, in Japan. In the 1700s in Japan, there's a devoted lay practitioner named Asan, Old San. And she's... um. There's actually some great stories about her. She's sort of tangled with Hakuin a few times, and Hakuin's sort of a Bodhidharma-like figure. Very few people get the better of him, you know, but old San got the better of him. She was sort of fierce too. And one morning she heard the crow of the rooster. And um, so she was living her life. Uh, one morning she hears the crow of the rooster. And uh, her mind suddenly opened. You could say she suddenly understood who she truly was. Because she said, the fields, the mountains, the flowers, and my body too are the voice of the bird. What else is there to say? The fields, the mountains, the flowers, and my body too are the voice of the bird. What else is there to say? And her teacher, Master Tetsuman, uh, approved her, her understanding. She saw that her body was the crow of the rooster, as your body is the crow of the rooster, as my body is the crow of the rooster. A monk asked Sagan Gyoshi, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? He just acted as he was. You say he just acted as he truly was. The story goes on. The monk said, would you tell me again what you said right now? In words that I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> is so great 
I, I really appreciate the genuineness of that, you know, especially if I hear this in that mode that's more, that really means it. It really means it, you know? He just acted as he was. Like, say that again. Like, I, I, I'm asking for, what is it? Uh, the sweet sound of Dharma to soothe my troubled spirit. I'm not here, not here to mess around. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Would you tell me again what you said right now in words that I can understand? Really appreciate. Uh, these questioners often in old stories, like they don't let the person off the hook the first try. You know, it's like, no, I, <laughs> they keep coming. It's just, just really good. Keep coming. Uh, would you tell me again what you said right now in words that I can understand? Segen Gyoshi said, come here. The monk approached. Segen Gyoshi said, remember this clearly. And you see what he did? Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? He just acted as he was. I don't get it. Come here. Remember this clearly. He's, he's telling the monk, you walking across the room, right? just as you are, just as you are, being who you truly are, is like Bodhidharma coming from China, just as he is being who he truly is. It's like old San hearing a rooster crow, just as she truly is. Each of you, this moment being here, just as you truly are. You know, that's the medicine. Um, yeah. Dogen Zenji wrote, when you find your place where you are, practice occurs actualizing the fundamental point. You could say, when you find your place where you are, you answer the question of why Bodhidharma came from the West. When you find your place where you are, you answer that question. So I think I just want to read one more passage. Um, you know, seeing the way things are, realizing the way things are. We sometimes call that Seeing suchness or seeing thusness, um, thus things are thus. So seeing the wayness of things, yeah. Um, and Dogen Zenji has a, a, a fascicle, a chapter he wrote called "Thusness," Inmo. And um, I just want to read a little a little passage from it. So this is Dogen's teaching about the way we truly are. Um, and that's something that is possible to see. It's possible to see the way we really are, the way things really are. This passage, Dogen writes, um, Your life moves in time without stopping, even for a moment. Where has your youthful face gone? When you search for it, there is no trace. And I say I found another translation of this that says, um, <laughs> For youthful face, it says, where have your rosy cheeks gone? <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> this morning, I was saying hello to Gail and chatting a little bit about my kids. My daughter's in sixth grade. And Gail said, I remember before you had kids. And what she was saying was, where have your rosy cheeks gone? <laughs> she didn't know she was saying that. No, she did what she was saying. Your life moves in time without stopping, even for a moment. Our lives move in time without stopping. Where have your rosy cheeks gone? When you search for them, there is no trace. When you ponder deeply, there are many from the past whom you cannot encounter again. When you ponder deeply, there are many from the past whom you cannot encounter again. The pure mind does not stay. It comes and goes in fragments. 
because of thusness, because of how you are, because of the way things are, because we're in this river of time, because of thusness, you arouse a boundless aspiration for enlightenment. Once this aspiration arises, you let go of what you have been playing with. You come forward to hear what you have never heard and realize what is not yet realized. Know that it is so because you are a person of thusness. It's kind of a long passage, so I'll just, I'll read it again. Your life moves in time without stopping, even for a moment. Where has your youthful face gone? When you search for it, there's no trace. When you ponder deeply, there are many from the past whom you cannot encounter again. The pure mind does not stay. It comes and goes in fragments. Because of thusness, you arouse a boundless aspiration for enlightenment. Once this aspiration arises, you let go of what you have been playing with. You come forward to hear what you have never heard and realize what is not yet realized. Know that it is so because you are a person of thusness. You are a person of thusness. You are just the way you are. And because you are just the way you are, practice can happen in your life. Practice can happen with your life. Monk asked Sagan Gyoshi, why did Bodhidharma come from the West? The master said he just acted as he was. The monk said, would you tell me again what you said right now in words that I can understand? Sagan Gyoshi said, come here. The monk approached. Sagan Gyoshi said, remember this clearly. So may we always be just as we are. And may we always remember this clearly. I want to say again how happy I am to be here with all of you. It does me um, uh, so much good. Thank you so much for coming this morning.